live and direct from the new planet Earth. But pandemics are plenty. But the girls are still pretty in fashionable dresses. You know what I'm talking about. But ignorance is bliss. You ain't gotta give a damn about no code. Uh oh. Tell me who won least star animal instinct. Water up, standing at tickle pink. Have a drink. Walking a mock liquor, shot of poison, one thicker. Somebody got some explaining to do. And the classic man is a danger to you. And me too, tatting on my forehead. Go home, go to bed. I dread something with you this way come. When the family unit is overrun, when the structure is undone. Welcome to another edition of the Franchise Podcast. I'm Joe Arrigo. With me is my brother TQ. Yep, yep. We in the building, baby. Playoff time. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Are yeah. you ready? Are you ready for the game? Oh, you see me, don't you? I know. I, I admire that. I'm on, I'm on right now. I'm on right now. Man. I'm on right now. Lakers, Warriors. We'll get to that in just a minute. Let's start, though, with a recap of the draft. The Raiders had what I think, and I think... I don't know if you agree. I'm pretty sure you do that. It really, to me, it's a very solid draft. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, the excitement, for lack of a better word, <laughs> of the Raider draft was non-existent. Those are good drafts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, it was smart. Um, I, I was trying to reserve my feelings for the new regime until after this. Okay. Right. It was a lot of things that happened over the season last year that I saw from training camp all the way through where I felt like um, we was fixing something that wasn't broken. That's that was kind of my feeling. And then but I said to myself, all right, I got to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. Should Raider Nation has given the benefit of the doubt because they've been winning. They've won for a long time. They come from a from a, a, a winning tradition, a dynasty. So. You know, just for a little bit of benefit of doubt, we had to get to the draft. And once the picks started coming off the board and I started seeing how they were they were building guys who I feel are gonna play this year, a lot of these a lot of these cats. And I've said it from from the middle of the season. We need depth. Raiders need depth, man. There's a lot of things that I, I said this before too, that I see with the camera in my hand on the sideline that you're just not privy to knowing from being up in the press box or watching on TV or whatever. You hear and things like, too when you're down yeah, there, right? Yeah, you hear a lot of stuff, man. It's like even just the way a guy talks in the first quarter as opposed to the way he's talking at the end of the third quarter when he's exhausted, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> some, some of our best players, especially on defense, at the end of the game needed a blow. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, I'm not saying that that's a lack of conditioning. I'm saying it's just not what we didn't have enough bodies that well, could come in and do a serviceable job in the position they were supposed to Let's start off with the first pick, uh, mm-hmm. Tyrese Wilson. Yeah. Now, there's a reason why he slid a little bit. It's a foot issue. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If, if I'm the Raiders, and it's one of the things I love about when you draft somebody, like you can get, get in there and get the medicals yourself and yeah. really see what's going on. You know what? I think they need to be cautious. And I think if there, at any point something needs to be done, you get it done sooner rather than later and get them ready for the season. And that's and Wilson, I think, is a guy that comes in, and we talked about it last week. Yeah. Gets to the quarterback, yeah. and, and and here's the thing: a Raider Rock. Gotta give my guy Raider Rock some love. He kicked it with us Friday, 
and Thursday night a little bit. We ran into him at Barcode um, on on Friday. Yeah. We just missed Charles Woodson. When yeah. Cody told me, I was low-key pissed that we <laughs> missed Charles. Shout out to my boy Graf. Um, got Charles Woodson on their show. Yeah. Right before we got there, it was a good show, too. Shouts out to y'all. So, so Raider Rock said that they nicknamed, the new nickname has been the Albatross for Tyrese Wilson. And I, I don't like that. If I'm Raider fan, look, the first thing I thought of when I see him, because you got the condor on the other side, right? Oh, that's where this albatross thing comes from? Yeah, the, the condor. condor. I, I think you call him the Reaper because he's bringing pain and death and destruction, and he's long. He's like, I like that. infinite I like that. arm space. So yeah. for Raider Rock, Wilson's new nickname, Raider Nation, tell us what you think, the Reaper. Got to see what he's going to do on this field. T- tell me about this foot. Like I've I've only heard bits and pieces. Like how bad is he? He's gonna have, to have surgery or what? I, you know I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if he's gonna have surgery or if he has to have surgery or not. Um, but if he does, hmm. it's something that I think would be good to get it out the way early. Yeah. And what it does, not to jump too far ahead, but it gets another guy maybe a little more looks, and that's undrafted free agent from UNLV, Adam Plant Jr. Mm-hmm. He can get a ton of time and a ton of reps. Which, again, you want another long guy that looks the part. Well, yeah. that's been APJ since he arrived at UNLV. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. I think, that again, you talk about depth. Now, you got Chandler Jones. You got Wilson. You got Crosby. You got APJ. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's a, look, look, man, I believe it's all about the defensive line. I believe that's, what, that, that's how you build a winning tradition. You build it through the defensive line. And in order to do that, you got to have a lot of bodies that can come in and out, fresh legs, constantly, platoon. I mean, over and over and over again. I've been saying this for years. Years. I'm tired of hearing it, so I'm First glad they did it. time that the Raiders did it that I can remember. And hopefully, you know, it, it pays dividends. I think it will. Who, who's, who was your surprise pick? You know what, man? I feel, I, after the first two picks, I kind of recognized what they were doing. So nothing really surprised me. I felt like early on in the draft, they were going to pick best on the board for what they wanted, right? I think that's what they did. But if somebody came in that addressed the need, they were going to go to that if that was the most valuable person at that pick. All right, so the wide receiver late and the quarterback late, I feel that's what happened in those, in those particular positions. I don't think if they weren't, if it was, like those were Raider picks because of the Raider situation. Well, they need to add some speed and they needed, who, they needed another quarterback. So, Mark Davis, well, actually, let me double back. Peter King was in the, in the Raiders' war room on Thursday night with the okay. Raiders. And he wrote something great on the MMQB that came out on Monday. And if you get a chance to read it, go back and read it. And he said that after they took Wilson, and it was their second-round pick was coming up, the Raiders are trying to trade back in the first round to get Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, who they got in the second oh, wow, round. Oh, wow, really? It wasn't Levis, the quarterback. It was Michael Mayer, the tight end. And Mark Davis goes, you know, Justin Hyatt's there, and he's got speed. And they're like, yeah, he can really fly. But Mark, but Mark said, in, he's quoting there saying, essentially, look, I hired them to do a job. This is their job. I believe in what they're doing. It's stable, and I see the, what they're doing. I, I, I believe yeah. in it. So yeah. I'm, la- I'm not going to force that pick on them. So, uh, but, but Michael Mayer was the guy they targeted in the second round. I'm going to tell you that the pick that I like, I don't want to say he's disappointing. But I think I really like, and I think a lot of fans kind of, it, it's kind of split the fan base a little bit, is the corner from Maryland. Mm. Like, techni- he's a technician, long athletic, can play the boundary, can play the slot, 
but he was the second fastest player in the entire combine behind yeah. his teammate. Yeah. It, tell me that's not more of a Raider pick than anything. A I fast mean, corner? I mean, yeah. and it, Fills they, a need, too. This is my thing with the corner position. I, I didn't feel like... Um, I felt like there was a lot of these little slot guys um, as opposed to what we really needed was a dominant guy on the outside. Um, but, but that being said, Raiders need all the help they could get in, in that defensive secondary, man. Like, it, we're getting torched, and we're going to continue to get torched because the quarterbacks that we're stacked up against in this, in this division, man, is, it's going to be rough. And, and I've said for the longest, if you can exploit your offensive weapons, you don't have to have the best defense. You just got to have a serviceable defense. And the Raiders haven't had a serviceable defense in, in a decade or more. So it's like, J- J- how about three? Man, it's just, you know, just I'm happy that the majority of picks went to the defensive side of the ball. I'm happy that the number one pick is supposed to go get the quarterback. Yeah. That tells me that the thought process for, for this regime is the way it's supposed to be. In the article, <clears throat> it explicitly states that in Peter King's Peter article, King's article that the Raiders wanted Paris Johnson Jr., the, tie, the tackle out of oh. Ohio State. And when they didn't get him because the Cardinals traded out of that spot with Houston, Arizona tried to trade back up. Mm-hmm. And they were talking to the Raiders. And mm-hmm. the Raiders said, okay, well, we can – they're looking at some things. And, and that's when Josh McDaniel said, well, we can get the tackle out of Oklahoma. Then he'll, he should be there. Mm-hmm. I think his last name was Barron. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden they stopped hearing from the Cardinals. And that's when they made the trade with Detroit and jumped the Raiders to take Paris Johnson. So that solidified Wilson. Thank God. And by the way, I just want to point out, Wilson was the pick from our show last week when we did the draft. So thank you for making us look smart. This is the case. (laughs) (laughs) What, you know, what other teams did you like what they did draft wise? Look, man, um, first of all, that, that move that Houston made. Yes. In the beginning, that's how you let them hang, bro. Hats off to y'all. You did that. Um, they got what should be a cornerstone on offense, cornerstone on defense. And now they just can worry about building a team around those two players, man. To be able to score that in the first year of D'Amico Ryan's um, era in, in Houston, that was big. That was big. I, I, that really surprised me. And then, listen, man, the whole NFL should be ashamed of themselves for letting the Philadelphia Eagles make out the way they made out. I mean, the Philadelphia Bulldogs? Because it's like Team Georgia. This is absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand. I don't understand all of these people who make all of this money and who spend all of this time doing all of this research, draft boards and mock drafts and all of this. You let Philly do that? Philly had what? Okay. Second best defense in the league last year and you let them do this? Let me explain reasonings behind some of that. Explain, please. I'm all ears. Philly has a culture already built in place with veteran leadership and a head coach and a general manager. That's about accountability. That that doesn't take any any crap from any player. Play, okay. the, the players don't run the team. Got it. So because of that, they could take chances on guys. So okay. Jalen Carter, for instance, a lot of character concerns. How about this? Take Jalen Carter out of the draft. 
<laughs> don't even don't even add him okay. into what Philly okay. did. Ringo. Look at the rest of Philly. Okay, draft. Ringo, the, the the corner, right? Another one who, twenty years old, long, athletic, off the field concerns a ton, a ton. Character concerns, like literally, he, he's off of some people's draft boards. They when they took him because it's like okay, we have a stable environment for him here. Where at time other teams, you go to a team and. Like the Raiders, for instance, in years past. In years past. That's what I just said, in years past. Okay. That wouldn't have worked. We've seen how it worked with a couple guys that Gruden took chances on, but that, and it that, didn't work. Again, I said, in, that's why I said in years past. It's difference. You look, you look at another team like the 49ers. They can afford to take chances on guys with some type of character concerns. The Packers can't. They're a younger team. They don't have a lot of veteran leadership. So you look at the landscape of things. For instance... Perfect example. Perfect example. The Pittsburgh Steelers selecting Georgia tight end Darnell Washington, mm-hmm. right? He was off a lot of teams' boards, boards for character concerns. That's just what it was. A lot of teams passed on him multiple times. He slid to late in the third round, but tell me there's not a better spot for him to land with Mike Tomlin in a stable organization that provides mentorship and leadership to help young players flourish. Okay, all that sound good, but uh, they're going to be in the Super Bowl again. <laughs> because <laughs> they got a two- or three-year window. Yeah, because, you're right. You know, I guess basically what you're saying is because so many teams in the NFL don't know how to run themselves, don't know how to instill some discipline or, or, or Order. lead men, okay. right? You just let all these good players go to the Eagles. So what the hell you think the Eagles gonna do? They gonna be in the Super Bowl? You already throwing Is that the towel. a good idea? You already throwing the towel in for your Niners? No, I don't have to throw the I don't have to throw the towels in for my <laughs> Niners. But the Niners get there and get hurt. So par for the curse. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Whether it's a course, whether it's a curse, you know, par for it. Whatever the case may be, that's what happens to the Niners. I'm not getting my hopes up. We're talking about the Raiders right now. No, you know but no, we're talking about in general who impressed you besides that. Who were you disappointed? Who were you disappointed with in the draft? I don't know. I know my mode just hope my total mode just changed. My why? whole attitude just changed. Why? Because Philly is the reason why we didn't win a Super Bowl this year. And that bothers me. And you brought it up, and you like to bring it up. <laughs> and you know what happens when you bring it up, and you do it on purpose. Me? No, I don't do that. Hey, man. No, who, who, who didn't you like, though? Whose draft didn't you like? Truthfully. Um, and it could be didn't like because they did well, and they're in your conference or division, or you didn't like because you thought they reached for people. I think I, I, I thought Detroit would have did better. Um, but then after I looked at it, um, that little running back, the running back that Detroit took. From uh, Alabama Gibbs? Yeah, like he, he does what they do. You know what I'm saying? Same with Jack Campbell. He does what they do. Yeah, they so draft it, for them they're what they yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I thought, I, I, like you, I'm looking for that team to take a, a, a big step, and I like to watch them. They're going to win that division. Yeah, I'll say right now, they're going to, barring injury, so they're going to win that division. And I think they, because I think, to be honest with you, Minnesota had a horrible draft. They had no dudes that are, they didn't pick anybody super athletic. Jordan mm-hmm. Addison may be the one. Yeah, but, but you got to look at what did you add in Jordan Addison too. Like that's that's that My Jordan goodness. Addison may be the one in that whole. 
But even like Makai Becton, like, I mean, like, he wasn't that good at USC. Let's be real Man. about it. Like, I mean. What is he going to, though? A secondary in Minnesota, that's trash. I'm saying, but Minnesota going to score a whole lot of points. Not against Detroit. I mean, we'll see. Detroit didn't, didn't I, don't, I don't know what they necessarily did for their defense in this draft. They got themselves a middle think, linebacker yeah. that is going to be, like I said last week, is he going into play? He's going to be a starter inside day one. Day one. He's, he, right. to me, Luke Keekley, his they yeah, have You've same, been saying this about, dude. I ain't watched they, him. They have so the I'm, same agent, right? Right. What, is that, what the, the hell does no, that no, mean? I'm going to tell you. Okay. I'm, I'm giving you the dirt now, I can, now that I can give it publicly. This guy. All right. All right so, all right. He, they have the same agent, and they sent him to work with Luke for, like, I think a week or two. Mm-hmm. After the second day, he called, quickly called the agents because, like, why do you have him down here? He gets it. Like, he's showing me things that I didn't even see. Like, oh, Luke wow. Keekley spoke that highly of Jack Campbell, and then he went in and killed all the interviews. Like, literally just crushed it. Really? So, everybody, like, so. so I mean, if, they, if he's, if he's going to be a starter first day, then. That's what I'm saying. So too I, bad. Just, I don't know. I just, it's, I, I don't know, man. You know, with all the biting kneecaps and all that, I just thought I was going to, you know, thought it was going to make a bigger splash. But maybe they did. I'm not up on the player like that. Yeah, I mean, you, are, you know more about him than I do. Head scratcher was the Rams to me. I mean, what did they have that they could? They didn't have much to do nothing with. They, they were able to move a little bit though. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the draft Stetson Bennett in the fourth round, the Georgia quarterback. Well, they only had one quarterback on the roster. Period. On the roster. But the fourth round. I mean, I mean, come on, man, Stetson Bennett. I mean, did he have a trash career in college or something? Stetson Bennett beat some hell of five teams. No, but... What do you mean? No. no, but what? He's a winner. And he went to Matthew Stafford. Two dogs. Man. man come on, man. Let him live. He went to McVay, and that's what's going to help him. But I, I I don't know. I just... The rest of the draft, you know, I don't care how many picks they had. It just wasn't impressive to I don't me. think it was much they could do. Like, the Rams went for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Rams went for it. Like... I think Rams fans need to be realistic. You went for it to win the Super Bowl at home, and you did it. Get over it. You ain't about to bust a grape in Welch's backyard for the next five years. Have a seat. <laughs> enjoy. Your you said Welch's stadium. backyard. <laughs> hey, man, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Savor oh. it. Going down in history, won the Super Bowl at home. It's a wrap for that Rams madness. It's over. Uh, I also like what the Panthers did. Um, you know what? I thought that Bryce Young was going to be a product of wherever he went. Really? That's why I didn't necessarily, not real high up on him. Hmm. Because, you know, because of that. Now, if he was, if a guy like him was going to, Bills or Cincinnati or place with just like some some real top-notch weapons then I think Bryce Young could be a real tool I'm thinking with him Carolina has to do work and they got to do it quick over like the next couple of seasons in that division where it's the Saints maybe I mean that's a winnable division I mean and and the, the reason I chose them though in it selfishly our good friend, friend of franchise, we watched him play for five years here. Austin Ajike 
-hmm. Signed as an undrafted free agent there. AJ signed there mainly because Phil Hansen, former UNLVD coordinator, mm. is down there as well coaching. Nice. And he, he credits uh, Coach Hansen for yeah. giving him his first opportunity to start and everything like that. So they have Austin, AJ, and then uh, Kobe Bryant, not Kobe Bryant, but Kobe Bryant, the right tackle from UNLV. He signed yeah. as an undrafted free agent with the Giants. So That's good. Uh, congratulations to all the UNLV players. Proud of y'all, man. Go in there and ball out make them teams. Goody. Gutierrez got to go somewhere. Our kicker, though. Yeah. You got to see, he's got to get a shot somewhere. Yeah, so. man. Come on. Come on. Got to do it, bro. Everybody need the boot. Come on. Goot the boot. Hey, you know, the funniest thing, dude, Arroyo would see him, he'd go, goot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I want to see goot. I think he should go up to uh, some team that in the land of cheese and compete up there because they, they need a kicker. Plus, the GM is also goot. Good and goody cunts, and they call him Goody, so Goot and oh, Goody. Man, he always sneaking his trash team. They had a great draft, too, but I'm not going to say anything else about that. Yo, I'm going I'm to protest. <laughs> I'm going to go on strike. <laughs> always sneaking Wisconsin. This is Las Vegas. This is not Wisconsin. <laughs> we, don't talk, we don't have to talk about the Packers on every damn show. You know you what I'm saying? I didn't mention them last week. What about your draft? How was that? We don't care. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. I know other people loved it, too. Man, y'all did all right. <laughs> did okay. Oh, man, it's snowing in hell when he says that. You did okay, you did okay, but you ain't, you ain't got no quarterback, so it is oh, what it is. I can't wait for Jordan Love to start torching people. He's not about to torch anything. <laughs> not about to go and get his kneecap bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? The Lakers. Yeah, man, enough football, Yeah, man. let's get to Jeez. the Lakers. The Lakers-Warriors face off after the Warriors won a tough game seven against the Kings. A tough series against the Kings. Um, I was disappointed in the game seven. I thought it'd be, you know, the first, you know, up to halftime was a two point game. And then it just seemed like the Kings just said, okay, we're not going to rebound and play defense anymore. And we're going to miss easy shots. And the Warriors went on a run. Steph Curry hit for 50 on 40 shots. And, you know, that's oh, great. Oh, there you that's go. Great. Dropping that in there. You hey. drop that little part in there, huh? 40 shots, huh? Did he not? I mean, what are you saying, though? But what are you saying, though? He's not the greatest point guard ever. Oh, and maybe he's a tad, you know, he's changed the game, but maybe he's just a tad over overvalued. It's a little bit, not a lot. Steph a Curry bit. is overvalued in the perception, maybe. Don't the man got bit. four rings? Man got four rings, don't he? So Robert Ory got seven. Bro, listen, uh, Steph Curry is not the best point guard ever. Agree. Absolutely not. But to say that he's overvalued, you're out of your mind. I'm not saying he's overrated. I'm just saying. Overvalued. You know what? Is, is, I appreciate it. I no, no, it's not. <clears throat> yes, it is. No, it's not. No, not at all. Overrated is just is a bunch of hype. I think overvalued. Look, what, I, what I'm saying is, I what I what I respect about Curry, he did it last game. He actually he gave a really good speech prior to the game, basically telling the guys, "Get on my back. I'm gonna carry." It. I respect that. Respect that fully. But he only can do that because he can do it, though. Well, no, and I'm saying I'm not saying that he's no good. I'm not. I'm just saying what are you that. Talking about. All I'm saying is. I think you're a hater. No. What are you talking about? I don't live in the moment. What moment? The this moment has been doing these moments. He has for these moments been happening for over a decade. He, he has got four he, rings. He has for fifty. All of a sudden, he's the greatest point guard ever. No, come on, come on, hold on. I'm, you don't hear anybody, about, Has anybody from franchise sports media uh, said anything about Steph Curry being the greatest point guard ever in this room? Has anybody on in this room? No. Period. Is anybody? Uh, uh, there may be. There may who? be one. Where? Where is he? He he just left shooting the main event. 
I doubt it. We don't do that kind of stuff. I don't know none of us that do that kind of stuff. I, I think I think I think K. Lua. I think you he, think Kalani believes. I think he he could he can make the argument that he is because he also makes the argument that Michael Jordan ain't the greatest and not even top ten. So I'm just saying, not even top ten. That's what he said. That's what he said. So when it comes to Curry. All right, I'm, I'm gonna retract that question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, see. That's Listen, what I said maybe Magic Johnson is the best thing we ever saw play the point guard position. Agreed. Don't think we're ever gonna see anything close. That's LeBron. One. Who, whoever second may as well be fifth in that category. It is not Steph Curry. But that being said, I mean, man, look at take subtract Steph Curry from basketball of the last. 10 years. He's impacted the game tremendously. Changed the so, game. That's what I'm saying. 100%. Man, his value is through so, the roof. So I Not see, just his value to, to Golden State, but his value to the NBA. The fact that we... See, I'm, I'm, in, I'm at the point where um, it's like I was so young at the end of Magic that I took it for granted. Yeah. Right? Hundred percent. Um, I only stopped taking Kobe for granted when he tore his Achilles. Okay. Right? Now I'm at the age where these guys are coming towards the end. The NBA is changing. Um, it's changing to a new kind of per- a new personality, more Dylan Brooks than LeBron James. God, I hope not. Which is a departure from how we grew up, right? Yeah. How we learned, what we presented ourselves to be, the people that we looked up to. So I'm happy that I'm going to get a chance to watch this again because this is two of the icons of the game going against each other. This is, this is Magic and Larry Bird again. Hmm. And it's like as exciting as that was, I missed it when it was over. So I'll say that this series, I think the the winner of this series wins the NBA title. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, um, like you, I kind of want to see a Boston-New York Eastern Conference final, and I kind of want to see Boston, if Lakers, so the Lakers can play Boston. But I wouldn't mind New York just because of the media market and how much hype that would, that would bring. But I want to see Boston, but I think it's going to be Miami. Miami's different. It's going to be Miami. Um, but I will say that with this Lakers series, as it is, they swept them this year. I believe they swept Golden State, if I remember correctly. This is a team that matches up better against Golden State than they did, would have against the Kings. I think it's a better matchup for the Lakers. And one of the keys, yeah. one of the keys is going to be D'Angelo Russell shooting more than 13 shots a game. When he shoots more than 13, they've won every playoff game. Mm. When he shoots less than, I don't care if he misses. D'Angelo is the X factor because you know what you get with LeBron. You know what you get with a healthy AD. But when it comes to that that next person, it's D'Angelo. Jordan Poole is not playing well for Golden State. Draymond, you can get in his head. Mm -hmm. You got to box out Kayvon Looney because he he had like 20-something boards. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. You're leaving some stuff out here. No, no, but Clay has been hit and miss all season. Even he was one for ten in the first half. Listen, bro. Listen, listen. listen. I'm just saying the Lakers. After last night, things didn't change. 
All of that, what you're talking about is out the door. This is the defending NBA champions. They're in the midst of a dynasty, and everybody's trying to knock them off of the pedestal. Dynasty Last killers. Night, things changed. Things changed in the locker room. They see what's happening next. What's happening next is he's got four and I got four. And this might be the last time we see each other. No, we it's got four. He got four and we got four. Steph, Clay, and Draymond all have four. I'm talking about LeBron. LeBron got four, but Steph, Clay, and Draymond. That's, that's what, I'm saying. what I'm saying. He got four, we got four. LeBron can kill that dynasty. That's all fine and dandy. That ain't what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is there's a way to do it. And it ain't about LeBron James. It's about perimeter defense, period. Switch. Get there fast. Don't give them open shots. The Lakers have a knack for going into these lackadaisical defensive runs and getting down by 10, 15 points and crawling themselves back into it. You can't do that with this team. No. That's dead. Um, the part that, I ain't going to say it worried me, but why I would have rather have seen Sacramento is because Darvin Ham did a whole lot of mixing and matching to figure out how to beat those kinds of teams. This team right here is going to make adjustments just like the Lakers are going to make adjustments. This team right here has more playoff experience than anybody else, including us. So I'm expecting this to go seven. I'm expecting the Lakers to pull it off because of the matchup the matchup situations, we absolutely should match up to this team much better than we would have Sacramento. But like I said, this inconsistent AD, whether it's about a hip injury or whatever the case may be, when AD goes up against the banger, he tends to drift out. He cannot drift out here. He got the fight with, what's my man, Looney? Looney. He got the fight with Looney every night, all night. It's going to be hard. It's going to hurt. But get him in foul trouble. Well, bang on him. Where the Lakers have an advantage with that too is you can bring in Mo Bamba, you can bring in Gabriel, yeah. and they can get him in foul yeah. trouble, especially Mo Bamba. Like, let's see more Mo in this series. Michael, uh, Malik Beasley, he's, he's got to have a good series. He's this one, this one. Some got to drop, man. This, this, is, this is the one. This and is Troy why Brown. they where, where is Troy Brown? He comes in and does nothing. No, he plays good D. I mean, but we got to look, do hey, more than that here, man. Look, and, let me point something out. Point something out. Kalani Little pointed it out on, on Saturday. Where's the, we're watching the draft together Saturday because we were out. I, we, we were out Thursday and Friday yeah. watching the draft. Um, Saturday, Kalani's like, let's watch the draft. Okay, cool. Watching the draft. He pointed out that Dylan Brooks, I don't respect anybody unless they give me, give me a 40-piece. <laughs> the Lakers beat the Grizzlies by 40. <laughs> and well, the most important thing about that game wasn't the fact that they won by 40 or won the series. Because I think we were at Circa mm -hmm. watching it with, uh, with friends and everybody. Shout out to Adrian and Antonio and, and all the fellas. Hollywood, yep. everybody. Shout out to Matt for, uh, for everything he did for us at Circa. Yeah, good looking out, man. Um, I got a little drunk out there. I got a lot of drunk. Oh, I had a big headache the next morning. Did you? You didn't drink enough water. Oh my goodness. I was just tired. No, it was that big stupid pink drink y'all bought out there, man. Boy, that <laughs> joint took my them. head off. I had two. Oh boy. <laughs> two? I had two. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. But the Lakers are able to rest their starters and they got the guys like Lonnie Walker, like Troy Brown, got those guys some minutes. Yeah. 
and hopefully that can in, in Beasley, hopefully I can get them going leading into this series. Plus you get yeah. a couple extra days off, which is much needed. So and the, the fact that we ain't got no no switching these these time zones, man. I'm happy that this is in California. That you know exactly saying? that is that is that's gonna be great for the Lakers. Like you know, old in the tooth like Bron Bron. Every little advantage matters. You know what I'm saying? So I do a lot of traveling, man. That, it'll get you. It'll get you when you're going back and forth in these different time zones and all. So. I literally said that to brother earlier today. We're talking about it. And I said, look, like, you know, the one thing that I'm glad it's Golden State. Either way, I'd have been happy because yeah. they don't got to go to Denver or Phoenix. They can just right. like, take the 45-minute flight up to Quick, the Bay easy. and come right back. Quick, easy. So I, I like that for them. So uh, you say Lakers in seven? Yeah, Lakers in seven. Lakers in six. <laughs> You're out of your mind. For real. <laughs> Oh. Listen, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna get a Warriors they respect. I'm nowhere close to a Warriors fan. I don't like them. I'm, I, you know, what I'm saying, yeah, Cali when it comes down to it. But I ain't, I ain't on that tip. But you got to give them they respect. You have to. After, I'm not, after I'm that not. year last, you know what they, that championship last year for them, for me, you know what it did for me? It was finally when I bowed down to Michael Jordan after the flu game, and I was like, man, this dude, you just got. It took you that long? Yeah, it took me that long. I was a hater. I was a hater. Yeah. I, I've been a hater Golden State too. And you know what made me hate them? It wasn't, it's when they got KD. That wasn't fair. Here you go with fair. You're talking about Philly. Yeah. Not fair. They got fair. that. Golden State. But, but what happens fair. to the Niners or the Lakers or the Dodgers? Hey, hey, hey. What are you talking about? Who win? When does that ever happen to the Niners or Lakers or Dodgers? When? When? What's not fair about the Niners? We're just better. That's all. That Philly could say the same thing. Golden I mean, State could say the same thing. I, Man, listen, you know damn well Philly wasn't supposed to get all them damn good players out of this draft. You know damn well. If you was a GM or I was a GM, they wouldn't have got all them boys. <laughs> and most people out here that's not Philly fans feel the same way. Call somebody up in Dallas. No, I guess they no, didn't. Say, what are you talking about Call Dallas? somebody in New York. <laughs> Washington? Yeah, yeah, anybody but in Dallas. I don't, can't believe I even said that. <laughs> yeah, how do you fix your mouth to say that? Wow. <laughs> wow. We should Shocked play that. Myself. We should play that Dallas clip one more game that you said a couple weeks ago. Hey man, listen, <laughs> listen. Y'all's draft was trash. <laughs> you understand me? Y'all draft was trash. Y'all season is gonna be trash. Y'all season is always trash. You're not going to no Super Bowl. You gonna make the playoffs. Wait, let me see. Are they gonna make the playoffs? Yeah, Washington don't have no quarterback. New York will get in, Philly will get in. For your Niners to get in. Dallas might not even make the playoffs. New Orleans will get in. Y'all might not even make the playoffs, man. Detroit will Should get I in. Should I put some money on it? Dallas fans, hit me in the DM. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so curveball. But they did have the best, I think, the best draft moment. When they drafted their scout son. Oh, yeah, that was long. cool. That was, that was... That was cool. That was a cool moment. That was cool. All right, so Cinco de Mayo, Disappear drops. Yeah. So I, 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 I had some single, time. baby. I had some time to think. Did you? Yes, believe it or not. First time for everything. I know, right? It's tough. <laughs> Give me a headache. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> but I started thinking about Disappear in this album. And, you know, what, what about this album and the creation of this album 
for you has been the most challenging aspect of everything of this album um challenging well I, I guess picking songs really because I just been recording for a long time like I started recording a project over COVID you know what I mean and I think I said this earlier maybe last season it's like the the world was changing as I was writing and then I even had, you know, I had this ear problem going on at the same time. So I had to kind of push through that, right through that. Um, so just a bit, a bit of a different experience, man. Every time you make a new project or you set out to make a new piece of art, um, there's always going to be life circumstances that kind of come up and become a part of the creative process. So this time around, it was literally physically what I was going through with my ear. It was... Um, just how the world was changing with all of the just political beef that was happening last year, two years ago, three years ago, the George Floyd summer, um, all of the protests that was going on, even down to the abortion rights and all of the rest of this. It's just so much floating around to take impressions off of. So like I said, I started the album out in a totally different way from the way that I ended it. Um, it, I felt like it went from one extreme to another. Um, at the beginning, it was so much going on with like police brutality, Trump, the election, January 6th and all of this. That's kind of what I was writing. I was writing angry revolution music. But then I'm saying to myself, did I just put that album out? <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, and, and then I just, I started changing in my brain, just like, all right, let me just, delve off into just music, right? And then started doing, a, did a couple of love songs, did a couple of ballads, the, the vibe got lighter. And then I think when I turned the corner here over the last couple of months, is where I kind of meshed them both together. So I think that um, Disappear in itself is just about <clears throat> escaping from the noise like we got a lot of noise, man. Like this, this like <laughs> the world is at an all-time noisy. So, like we have to find ways to stay in control of our peace. And a lot of times, the 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 biggest peace invader is your phone. So, so I, you say that, and you know you have a, a ton of other projects you've worked on. Mm -hmm. What makes this one different? Since it was starting down the same path as revolution, yeah, you know, like and and you because you had when you had just said that, you know, things happen in a project. Kind of, was that the case when you did Paradise after Static Major passed away, right after producing some tracks for you? Um, partly, yeah, partly. I just think I'm I've always just been a product of what I was going through, and. You know, if you look at my first album and what I was going through at the time, well, I mean, damn, I was 18, 19 writing that stuff. Some of them stories that I wrote about there happened when I was 15 years old. You know what I mean? So you're in a whole different existence in your life as like an adolescent in Compton, California in like the 80s, the 90s, as opposed to now, like, like I'm a dad. Like my son is 21, literally have a kid that was the age I was when I dropped my first project. You know what I'm saying? I also got an eight-year-old daughter 
who's a dancer. <laughs> so it's like yeah. the world, life is turned upside down here. So um, I think that this new album, Smoke, is, I think it's just a testament to the life that I've been living, man. Like it's, it's um, I think that there are a lot of people in, within my fan base that are our age. Yeah. We're going through the same stuff. Yeah. Everything that I just talked about just now, they're going through it. So here we addressing it. Um, I think that that relationships and the essence of what a relationship is supposed to be about then went off the rails, completely yeah. off the rails. Agreed. So I, I addressed that a couple of times over this album, just getting back to like the essence of what naturally made you like a person. If it wasn't no Instagram, if it wasn't on TV, if it wasn't no eyelashes and makeup, fake butts, if you if you didn't, you know, drive a fast car and use the man and have all the jewelry, what what was it that made you like a person? I don't think anybody will ever say eyelashes though. Like those fake tarantulas, I don't think anybody ever is gonna say. Hey, the ladies think they're important. So you know what I'm saying? We gotta we got we had to throw them in the conversation because they think they're important. But at the end of the day, when you fell in love with the first person you fell in love with, you didn't care about their eyelashes. No. It was something else that you just couldn't explain, you couldn't understand. So if it's not that feeling, then it probably ain't right. I addressed that a couple of times on the album. Um, and just, you know, just coming from a place of being an adult, being a dad, being somebody that's traveled around the world. I've seen how, the, you know, the change within entertainment, going, going from, from music to sports and back. It's just, it's a journey, man. A, I, I will say this, and I've heard, I would say the majority of the songs on the project, right? Would you, would you agree? Most of them you heard. This is the oh, most. Four or five you ain't heard. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the most open you are about yourself in any album you've ever done. Think so? Yeah. Right. You've never talked about the stuff and struggles that you've gone through. Yeah. As an adult and as a father and, and, yeah. and you openly discussing it and bringing it to light in this, on this project. Yeah, good point. Um, I think that comes from like, I, I do a lot of different person than I used to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I practice, uh, I try to practice mindfulness and staying in balance as much as I can. And I, balance doesn't really make you feel any vulnerability about yourself. You know what I'm saying? So I'm in this, I'm in this space where, you know, I, I definitely want to read the room, but but I but I also am not at a point where if it's something that I'm feeling, and especially if I I know that so many other people are feeling it, hey, the the best thing for you to do is get it out, yeah, because the other the other people that that are feeling the same way, like there's a connection for both of you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like you're a therapy to them just as much as they are to you. Yeah. A lot of a lot of us just feel alone in what we're dealing with. Um, and when you talk about it, you recognize that you're not. So I think that the, with this album, um, yeah, I think I guess we dig into some subjects that I don't necessarily dig into normally with my music. But at the same time, man, my music has always been about what I was going through at the time in my life. Like you can absolutely read read my head about you know just kind of read what was in my head by listening to my albums and I think this one this one won't be any different it'll be different from my other records but I definitely I, I know my fans will understand because a lot of it is based on 
all of the stuff that they put in my inbox. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which, at, which I love it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not complaining because, like I just said, a lot of them are going through the things that I'm going through. And when you're in your 40s, man, and you're trying to, trying to be the best you can be, and you're looking at mortality at the same time, say life changes. Man, big time. You're not lying. <laughs> Lord knows, what from 2020 till now, the, the amount of stuff that I think you, me, and Trish have brought Woo. as a triangle to each other to the table that we've had to deal with been no has, joke, been, has been, has been, yeah, at times overwhelming. Um, man, so... Has there been any, so pre-orders can be done where? You can pre-order now in the U.S. on iTunes if you want. Um, Tuesday night, 12 a.m., the single goes up on therealtq.com. All you got to do is go to therealtq.com and you can buy it right there. Um, and the full release comes out Friday on all of your favorite platforms. Now, the way that things are set up, the one drawback to buying it from me is that you should do it from a laptop because if you want to get it into your playlist or into Spotify or iTunes with the rest of your music, then you know if you do it from your phone, it's gonna to go to your files, right? A lot of people want to play their music all together. So buy it from the laptop, but if you buy it from me, it goes to me, so I absolutely ask everybody to buy it from me. If you buy it from me, you get um, MP3 version, the wave version, you get an instrumental, you get the cover, you get lyrics, and all of that stuff straight from the site, delivered to your email address. So get it from therealtq.com from Tuesday, 12 a.m., and you can get it everywhere Friday, Cinco de Mayo. The name of the song is Disappear. Let me know what y'all think about it, man. You can actually go and preview the song right now at therealtq.com um, slash music. And it'll be right there for you. You can check out about a minute of it. I'm actually excited about the album for people to hear it. I, I, I was telling you before I'll pull the curtain back a little bit before we, we end the show this week. Um, my nephew, Bootums, um, was talking to me Friday, FaceTiming me. He's uh, lives down south now. And, yeah. and, Lived in me for years, um, mm -hmm. like a son, and we we're talking about the draft, and and then he got, somehow I mentioned that you got a new album coming. He's like, oh, TQ got out, man, ain't nothing like kind of blue. That's my favorite, and he <laughs> he started rattling off song and singing it, and, and it just gave it gave him a different joy, and um and he never forgot the time again. Like we before the album came out, you and I did a, a radio hit yeah. to California, yeah, and you dropped me off at we we were at um there was a hill that my nephews and my sons would run mm -hmm. to train and you you had a bunch of cds in in in, in a box and right. you gave him one and um he actually on the phone was like you know what i gotta go on itunes right now he downloaded <laughs> it on itunes yeah. so i mean Much stuff love, like that man but it, it you know you've always been away with your fans you oh know? yeah for sure like it, you know when you go my career was opposite from the way it normally goes for people. Normally, like, you do your independent run and then a major picks you up. Mine was opposite where I started with a major and then went semi-independent with cash money and then fully independent with myself. And I think what it did was, it's like I never would have had the, the type of money to promote myself that, that Sony and then Universal for cash money afforded me by being on those labels. 
And what that did was build me a fan base. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A fan base that I could connect with. And then when I went off on my own, they were they went off with me. You know what I'm saying? So it, it gives you the opportunity to just build long-standing relationships with your fans. Like, man, I got fans that, like, I remember when they graduated from high school. I remember when they fell in love. I remember when they got dumped. I remember when they got married, got divorced, first child. You know Dang. what I'm saying? And they still, they still support me. And I, I try my best to support them. Like, the, the most fun that I have these days, it's not even the shows. It's like the, the, the time when I just go to a place and, like, hit people in the, in the Facebook group or in the DMs. Like, yo, we're going to be in such and such doing whatever. Come on, let's have a drink. It's just been times where I'm just somewhere in Europe or just somewhere on Earth and, and that thing happens. And it's just like five, six, maybe 10, 12 of us. And we just get wasted, party, have a good time. Ain't no performance, ain't none of that. It's just we finally get to connect with each other. And like, I don't know how many artists are in the position to be able to do that. Well, maybe That's we do that in July, though, when we go down to San Diego for Rex on Man U. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. So we got a Rexham fan over here for all my peeps. And they the and they and they got promoted. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhaney, everyone with Rexham. Congratulations, man! I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna go down to San Diego um, in July and watch y'all get y'all ass whooped <laughs> by the great, wonderful Manchester United Red Devils. Oh man! Yes, uh, well, that's the show this week, everybody. Make sure you go buy. The single that comes out Tuesday night at midnight from TheRealTQ.com. Yes, yes. yes. And I would be remiss if I don't say this before we get out of here. Um, I'm heading out of town this week uh, yeah. for a wedding. <laughs> uh, DJ and Trevor, on behalf of myself, my, my company, my partners, uh, congratulations. And I'll see you guys uh, this week at the wedding. Get him drunk. Film it. <laughs> I'm going to look fly, though. We're going to see. Watch. Send some pictures. <laughs> We're uploading them. <laughs> We're doing a poll. Is he fly or is he not fly? <laughs> Let's get it. You set yourself up, buddy. I'm with it. I'm with it. See you guys Til next week. Till next week. Peace.